0: We know from Charles Dickens's A Christmas Carol that Ebenezer Scrooge is a man um worthy of redemption and he finally gets it. But now actor and playwright Tom Mueller is maintaining that Jacob Marley also deserves redemption. Do I have that right? Yes, Austin. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 18th year, number 888, Marley's Christmas Carol. It's the 20th anniversary of actor and playwright Tom Mueller's stage adaptation of his book Jacob Marley's Christmas Carol, which he continues to perform as a one-person show and is also available for other companies to license via Dramatist's Play Service. As it happens, Tom played Ebenezer Scrooge in the same Goodman Theatre production in which I'm currently alternating in the role of Scrooge, so I was thrilled to talk with him about our shared experience and how Marley helping and Scrooge's redemption inspired Tom to help with Marley's redemption.
1: There's a there's a line in the original Dickens uh, when Marley appears to Scrooge, uh, he says, "You have a chance and hope of escaping my fate, a chance and hope of my procuring." Ebenezer, and I have never seen that line in any movie or any treatment, but it's in the Dickens. And what that says is that is that Marley arranged somehow for these three spirits to visit Scrooge, and uh, and yet Marley still has to clank around in his own chains forever. And um, that seemed very unfair to me.
0: Interestingly, that line that you quoted is in the Goodman Theater adaptation. By Tom Kramer. It was that the adaptation that you played? It sure is. Sure is. Yeah, lovely adaptation. It hits all the bells and and uh
1: uh does what it's supposed to do, and there's not a lot of uh chicken fat on it.
0: Correct, there really isn't. And it's so it's so interesting. There's such this is there's such a small club of people who have played Ebenezer Scrooge, first of all, who have played Ebenezer Scrooge in the Goodman Theater production. And who are also playwrights who have written (laughs) adaptations of Christmas Carol. That is a small club, yes. (laughs) I think it's you and me, man.
1: Uh, Yeah, as far as the Goodman goes. uh, I have a friend, uh, Jeffrey Sanzel, who uh, uh, does a production out on, uh, I think, Long Island. uh, He's done it for 30 years. Uh, He plays Scrooge, and it's his adaptation. I think he's probably done it the most of anybody on the planet.
0: Wow. And what I'm playing Scrooge tomorrow morning and I hope my voice isn't like this. Oh man, I hate that. You know, that's, that's
1: Scrooge is so demanding. He talks all the time. He talks for two hours and, and uh, um, yeah, you just got to make sure that
0: make sure the pipes are lubricated. It's a drag really limiting your, your after show drinking. It's really a, really a drag. (laughs) Was it performing the role of Ebenezer Scrooge that led you to want to write Jacob Marley's Christmas Carol? Oh definitely yeah yeah uh the first year
1: I I you know the story had always been like like a huge important personal myth for me and and you know from the time I was a little kid uh and I first played Jacob Marley when I was 14 in my uh neighbor Jim Almond's Tire chains. Uh, at Little Theater on the Square in Sullivan, Illinois, and uh, um, but I had heard the uh, the uh, Lionel Barrymore um, uh, recording of his radio. He did it most of his life, I think, and um, uh, of course the Alistair Sim wonderful uh, 1951 movie. Um, so, but it was always a really important story for me. And when when I was doing it finally, as as at the Goodman. Um, uh, Terry McCabe's uh, daughter Terry McCabe is the artistic director of uh, City Lit Theater uh, mm. on Bryn Mawr and his daughter Hazel uh, he brought her to see the show and, and we went out for lunch after the matinee and his 10 year old daughter said she thought Marley got a raw deal because uh, he had arranged for Scrooge to be redeemed and yet he still had to clank around in his own chains forever And and that kind of planted the seed And I thought about that for a couple of years. And then the story just started to come to me. And uh, I know you probably had this experience as a writer. You know, sometimes you're the one that's pushing the car up the hill. But sometimes the car is riding itself and Mm -hmm. and passenger. And that's really how I felt with this project. It would uh, come to me in dreams. Uh, I actually woke up laughing from one joke in the story. Uh, Yeah. uh, I would wait, I would get up in the morning after writing it late at night and look at what I'd written before but go, God, I don't even remember this. Where yeah. the hell did from? So it, it very much uh, uh, I was visited by this story that demanded to be told, and I am grateful for it.
0: interesting. Uh-huh. you so you too were haunted by Jacob Marley in a sense. Uh, yeah.
1: I was oh, this I had this lovely damn experience. uh uh I was standing in a line at a at a after the book came out. Book came out in 95, uh, published by Adams Media in Holbrook, Massachusetts. And um, uh, after the book came out, I was standing in line at a store and I, you know, I, I put in my card, uh, gave my card information for the uh the teller, and the people behind me said, wait. Are you the Tom Mula, and that's one of the rare experiences I've had that happen. But, <laughs> but, I, and they said ah, we want to thank you for settling two ghosts with your story, Jacob Marley's Christmas Carol. I go, oh geez. well, thank you. Uh, two ghosts, two ghosts, uh, Marley and uh, Marley and Scrooge, and they said no, Marley and Dickens. Mm. Yes. Oh wow, that really made me think, and that was just a lovely, lovely thing to hear. Uh, that that Dickens somehow had some unfinished work in the story
0: was it always a play or did it start as a book it started as a book lovely little book uh am I,
1: using, I don't have it right here but but uh lovely little book the way that happened was I wrote the thing and uh did it as a reading as a benefit for season of concern on a Monday night uh, during the run of Christmas Carol. And it got a little press, and so there were some people there. And um, But I would just wanted to try it out. You know, in front of a, an audience, you could tell what works and what doesn't work. You know, right. they're they coughing and dropping their change and stuff. And, and the laughs, you know, you know if the laughs land or not. And this played very well. Um, and I just read the thing. And it played very well. And, again, Terry McCabe uh, had brought Kathy O'Malley, uh, who had her radio show uh, at the time, uh, to 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 uh, see the reading, and she liked it so much, she was uh, affiliated with the Tribune, of course, and she wrote a review of it, and And the review was like a uh, valentine, and And on the strength of that review uh, was partly how I was able to get the book published. Uh, the other way I got it published was I had just uh, uh, written and, uh, and mounted J- uh, Sylvia's Real Good Advice with Nicole Hollander, and mm. Steve Rashid and Arnie April, um, um, we've written a musical based on Nicole Hollinger's Sylvia cartoons. Wow! And uh, and uh, David Bell staged it, and it it was a big hit. It was a big hit. It, it ran for quite a while here in town. Um, but uh, when I got Jacob Marley done, I I gave it to Nicole. You know, wanting her input because she's she's such a wonderful writer, and she called me back crying. And she said, I really, really love it. And I said, oh, wow, well, thank you. I didn't expect that. And then I thought, well, geez, would, would you mind, like, passing it on to your editor? And she said, happy to. Yeah. And she passed it on to her editor at uh, uh, Adams Media. And he didn't buy it. But his replacement did. He, <laughs> left, he left there shortly after. And the guy that came in and replaced him uh, bought it.
0: That's yes, amazing. I, I know. It's a fairy, fairy tale story, yeah. And you were following exactly in Charles Dickens's footsteps. Hi, I'm Brian Isaac Phillips, producing artistic director at the Cincinnati Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC. We have four performances left in 2023, but thankfully we'll have more in 2024. This weekend on December 14th and 16th, we'll perform the ultimate Christmas show abridged in Princeton, New Jersey and Reston, Virginia. Check out the touring page at our website, reducedshakespeare.com or our social media pages for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with Tom Mueller, talking about how he adapted his book, Jacob Marley's Christmas Carol into a play. One
1: day after, you know how the Goodman packs those shows around Christmas, right? And and uh, gets to be this kind of gauntlet, this physical gauntlet. It's very demanding and, and challenging to get through it. Uh, uh, and there was one matinee, one morning matinee, where I'm sobbing downstage center and from front of my tombstone, right? And I, you know, I just kind of pulled out. This would be about year oh six probably uh I pulled out a little bit and said you know tom this may not be healthy Ooh. and i have had that starting to have that experience and i know you haven't had it yet but you might of waking up with scrooge's face on mm. you know those muscles just doing that first thing in the morning um, yeah that's that's screwed up i don't really want to
0: yeah I, that's not that's not a good look uh but well but, i say i say it, the reason i got cast as scrooge is because i have a resting scrooge face <laughs> <laughs> so i already wake up with that face <laughs> okay all
1: right well then you know that experience uh uh but but and then i thought well she's performing reading jacob marley because i'd done it for a couple of benefits by then uh uh is fun yeah and and maybe, and so I thought about it a little bit, and then uh um Steve Scott and I, and he's the one that cast me as as Jay, as, as Scrooge uh uh and directed me the first uh, two or three years, uh um kind of worked on it off and on all year and so to see, get it on its feet, you know, see if it could work. Right. Because I um and w- we have determined that it could. Uh I had done. Um, a circus of Dr. Lao, like a year or two before then, and what that is is this wonderful old lost American fantasy classic uh, of this magical circus that comes to this horrible little Arizona town, and and they can't see that it's real, uh, and there's a there are a real Seder and there's a real Merlin, and there's a real fortune teller, and there's a real witch's Sabbath, and uh, they can't see that, and it's a lovely bitter angry story, and it's it's, it's <laughs> And I had done that as a one-man show uh, at at Next Theater. Uh, Dale Calandra directed it and did a super job, uh, and and it, it performed really, really well, and it was well received. And um, um, Cecily Keenan, a direct local director, uh, came up afterwards and and thanked me. And I said, "Well, appreciate it." What are you thanking me for? And she said thank you for allowing us to contribute in creating this experience. You know, as an audience with a one man show, they have to do a lot of imagining. Yeah. It's very magical. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a really delightful thing. So it becomes kind of like a radio experience where, where, uh, um, you know, you get to create it in your head. And, and so on the strength of that and that experience, Steve and I worked the year to see if we could get Jacob Marley on its feet and if that would work. And it did. So Steve uh, approached the Goodman and, and and Bob Falls agreed to it. And uh, so I announced that the, the next year would be my last year at Scrooge and that the following year I'd be doing Jacob Marley at the Goodman. And so I did it at the Goodman as a one-person show for two years. Uh, and it was well-received and got a couple of little awards and stuff. And um, Steve Rashid, uh, no, uh, Larry Shanker wrote the music for it. And Robert Newhouse did the sound design on it. Uh, and John Culbert did this wonderful set of, of, um, uh, this, uh, it took place on this wonderful star universe drop that was behind the story and, and underneath it. And he showed me the design and I went, oh, I don't think my show is good enough to be on this set. And he said, do you know how many times you mentioned stars in your story? And I said, no, and said,
0: at least seven. <laughs> I went, oh, well, that's interesting. Didn't know that. But now, just any company, whether it's four actors or a single actor, can license the rights from Is it Dramatis Play Service?
1: Yep, Dramatis Play Service. It's it's
0: been done hundreds of times
1: in uh, this country, and and by uh, pretty much uh, by a really nice percentage of, of regional theaters uh, and uh, a nice percentage of church basements. <laughs> yeah, but it but it's out there. And so Jacob Marley uh, is out there having a life and and every year he sends grandpa check, which is really (laughs) nice.
0: That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds. So stick around. Tom Mueller's book and play Jacob Marley's Christmas Carol is available in multiple formats and makes a wonderful companion to the other versions of the Dickens classic out there at this time of year. Send us your undigested bit of beef via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us over on the socials or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com or visit my website, theshakesperience.com. Thanks as always to good man of business, Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band, and this week by Eric Essex, whose holiday album My Gift to You is in regular rotation this time of year. Our random fan shout out this week goes to Garrett Zecker, no reason, it's just random, Special thanks to Brian Isaac Phillips, producing artistic director of the Cincinnati Shakespeare Company, which premiered the multiple actor version of Jacob Marley's Christmas Carol. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 888 2664ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company.
1: Because I remember talking to my publisher and saying, I have an idea for the next book. And, and he said, I want to do a companion piece to Wizard of Oz uh, uh, about about the the Wicked Witch. Ah. And like the next year Wicked came
0: out. Ah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And and uh, but I went ahead and wrote mine anyway. It's called Hackers of Oz. And it's very it's entirely different. But it does deal a good deal
0: with the Wicked Witch. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company, reducing expectations since 1981. Go to reduceshakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. So much less. So much (laughs) less.